everybody, this is Eddie Hill, and it is December 27th, 2017, and this is Paranormal Analytical. And as I promised, I have Mr. Jesus Fuentes with us today. How's it going? And we also have Patrick Newcomb. Hey. You got to talk louder than that, dude. Hey, what's going on? Okay, we got Renee Rodriguez. Howdy. And we've got Miguel Cantu. Hello, everybody. So... I know it's going to be a little hard to hear everybody because uh, the way this microphone's set up, it is a studio mic and it's set up for close proximity. So if you hear anybody else talking, it's probably going to be very low. Uh, I'm screaming pretty much into Jesus's ear. So uh, just basically, cause I have the microphone in front of him because he's the one that's going to mainly be doing a lot of the talking. So I want for him to be able to uh, explain some of the stuff with, uh, to you. We also uh, have our Patreon account where we're going to be filming and we are also live at this time and we're going to be live for a little while everybody on Facebook so if you want go to our Patreon account and log in there and you'll be able to watch Contribute. us yeah. yeah you can actually watch us there as well and uh, see how this whole thing goes so the Patreon account to get <clears throat> there is how we go patreon.com Backslash Reavers Creepers. Uh, you can find some buttons and you can become a patron by uh, contributing, what, $2 a month if you like. Uh, we're open to more donations if you would like to help us out. Um, but we're going to talk about funding films today with Jesus. He's an uh, expert on that. So you do want to tune into this video and check it out. Okay. So without further ado, I'm going to turn the microphone over to Jesus and Miguel. And they're going to be taking over from here with the video part of it. And Facebook, I'm only going to keep you on for about maybe five more minutes tops. Just to kind of give you a behind the scenes peek at how we do this for uh, uh, the Patreon video. If you'd like, please uh, feel free to go to the Patreon account. Donate if you can. $2 a month is all we're asking for. And it's for a good cause. It's to help us with the filming of Reefers Creepers. Which is a big time movie that we're really working on. It's totally... Horror and comedy, it's going to be awesome. And uh, in case uh, you yeah, have definitely. Seen, that's it right there. So uh, feel free to share this video with everybody. And also feel free to uh, go and uh, spread the word about <clears throat> our Patreon account as well. So anyway, that's going to be it. Jesus, all yours, buddy. Awesome, guys. Well, pleasure being here, guys. And if uh, do you have any, should I just start off with an introduction, just a, a general overview, I guess, of, of what I do? And Yeah, pretty much. Just, cool, cool. Go, just go over your past, what you do, what you've done, uh, what you're looking forward to accomplishing here on uh, with uh, AlterVision Studios and us and also uh, with uh, Reefers Creepers. I mean, this is good. This is the main awesome, thing. Awesome, awesome, man. So... Uh, this is obviously, uh, my name is uh, Jesus Fuentes. I am a line producer slash UPM, and I've been working in the film industry probably about for getting close to like 15 years. So I've definitely been in the game for a while, you know, started off from the bottom up. And uh, the last few years, I've definitely been focusing more on film producing, definitely from a uh, distribution angle. Uh, to date, I've sold uh, five feature films to distribution companies, uh, our content has been on uh, Redbox, Netflix, uh, Hulu, Amazon. And then uh, I've known uh, Miguel Cantu for, oh my gosh, like going on eight, nine years maybe. Yeah, yeah so he's been a friend and a colleague for like, you know, uh, uh, for a pretty long time, you know. And then he uh, he was really excited. He kept on telling, you know, dropping little hints here and there saying like, hey man, I got something, I got something, you know. Uh, 
because one of the things that I specialize in is in uh, uh, physical uh, pitch decks. And the way that I describe a pitch deck, it's pretty much kind of like a, a mini business plan slash lookbook. Now, these are like, you know, this is obviously material that you would use when you're, you know, pitching to investors, uh, film industry professionals, uh, whether you're trying to lock down some product placement or, you know, you're just trying to build some really strong relationships so people can take you seriously, you know. Uh, the way that I lay it out, it's definitely from a uh, producer, you know, perspective, you know, definitely, you know, not shying away of, you know, what our vision is, <clears throat> excuse me, as far as uh, the business angle of the film and, and also, you know, the aesthetics. So it's, you know, I try to blend both the aesthetics and the business and try to balance that out, you know, as nicely as, you know, as nicely as possible. And at the same time conveying that, you know, this is definitely a project that you want to invest in. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, Miguel kept on dropping, you know, little hints, little, you know, uh, uh, little seeds saying, hey, you know, I got something coming up. And then he finally came, you know, he, uh, uh, he sent me the screenplay, which I thought was freaking hilarious. You know, the tempo, uh, the characters were really well defined. And it was just a really, really cool, crazy little world that he built. <clears throat> so we decided to move forward. You know, I started working on the pitch deck. And then uh, uh, as of right now, the angle, like, um, I haven't started yet. Uh, the angle, like, uh, like any, any independent film, it, it can be financed in various different ways. You know, uh, obviously one of the most common ones would be, you know, private equity. That's one pitch into a studio where the studio backs you, backs the, the production and they literally fund the, the, you're pretty much under the umbrella of a studio. Uh, obviously crowdfunding has become a very, very serious option in the last few years. You know, I've, uh, worked with a, a film director here, a local film director here in San Antonio who's raised close to 100K for two of his feature films. So crowdfunding does work. And this guy, you know, uh, once again, you know, an ingenious, you know, he had a, an ingenious angle as far as like how he started getting like, you know, uh, uh, building his networking and obviously, you know, accomplishing like, you know, his, you know, huge, you know, crowdfunding campaigns. Uh, another thing that a lot of people don't know is that, you know, uh, and this should be looked at, every every screenplay should be broken down to see what other business angles can I approach this film from, you know. Uh, and one of the things that I got, that, that we're exploring, that we're getting really excited about is, you know, product placement. You know, obviously, you know, this film's called Reefers Creepers. It's, it's about uh, these three uh, paranormal uh, investigators that get called to go to this uh, pot farm to investigate this crazy, you know, crazy haunting or, you know, crazy stuff that's going on. And then they find out that the, 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 pot, uh, the, the pot farmer is, you know, uh, possessed by a demon and stuff like that. So this whole crazy, crazy, crazy story, right? And me being a film producer and breaking it down from a business angle, like, oh, boom, like, you know, product placement can be huge for this, you know. Because obviously, you know, um, uh, the United, United States becoming a little bit more lenient with, you know, marijuana and, you know, obviously medical marijuana. There's a lot of states that, are, you know, it's it's uh, recreational, it's medical. Obviously, you know, Colorado being, I think, the, the granddaddy of, of them all right now. California in a really, really nice tie. Uh, Washington, uh, Oregon, any other major states that um, it's kind of legal? Well, nonetheless, like, you know, so we look at that, so we look at, we, we start studying, like, you know, me, like, you know, as a film producer and, you know, being a line producer in UPM, I'm used to breaking down a script, but from a technical aspect, right? When I'm doing a budget, when I'm doing a shooting schedule, 
But then I flipped my, you know, I flipped the page and then I started looking at the, the screenplay like from a business perspective. And that same mentality of breaking down like, okay, what it's, what's each element in this film that we can exploit financially? Like what companies are making rolling papers or, you know, uh, vapor, uh, uh, vapor easy cigarettes for, you know, THC, that kind of thing. Uh, and obviously the sky is the limit. And another thing that we start doing, like when when uh, we're breaking down the, the breaking down the script, is like, what other monetary funnels can this film have? And one of the things that Miguel, you know, uh, uh, he started playing uh, playing around with this idea that got me really excited is making it into a mobile game. You know, kind of like a traditional eight, you know, sixteen bit uh, 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 classic, you know, video game. And since you know the revenue for you know mobile games, like the cost to make a mobile game versus the profits that you could potentially get is like huge it's like really really huge you know uh uh to make a mobile game the, the way that you know that miguel has envisioned uh, the way that he sees it is uh not that complicated but obviously you know we need revenue to you know get that going uh excuse me but at the end of the day when you're working on an independent film i would have to say that 80 percent of it is marketing you have to let people know that for one that this opportunity is there uh, that this film is there and one of the things that you know you and uh, Miguel and his crew you know Patrick Renee and Eddie have been doing that's very clever is doing these promotional videos and uh, one thing that, that once again like you know I, I think you know it's definitely like in our business plan and it's part of our main objective is to start you know accumulating some uh, money to uh, for a Facebook advertisement because that's huge I don't know if anybody else has noticed but like you know uh, when people are sharing content nowadays, like, and I'm talking about the last month or two, like, there's hardly any engagement because, you know, Facebook is already structured just to suck up money. Like, you know, the only way that, you know, we're going to get some really, uh, you know, a good amount of eyeballs to look at, you know, the promo videos, to look at the page is for us to start spending, you know, some some money, you know. And it can be modest, you know, it could be, you know... It can be anywhere from 100 to 500 bucks, you know, a month or a week until, you know, we start accumulating enough noise where people are really getting, you know, uh, connecting with the content. And then, you know, uh, uh, one of the, the, the terms that people are using right now is what they're calling transmedia. Like, you know, what other characters can exist outside of the screenplay, but they're still tied into the world and, you know, do little promo videos with them. Get, you know, kind of get people, you know, really curious to see, like, you know, to 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 kind of accept the world of this you know the the world of the uh, reefers creepers another thing that you know uh, Miguel and I talked about was uh was a comic book doing our patreon video welcome everybody back to Altered Vision Studios we got Eddie Hill over there special guests Jesus Fuentes me Miguel Cantu Patrick Newcomb and Renee Rodriguez so thank you again for joining us all we're going to be talking about our project reefers creepers you can go to the website, reeferscreepers.com. Get some information there. Thank you for joining the Patreon. If you'd like to contribute, go ahead and click the button to become a patron, and you can give us, what, $2, five $100? $6.66. $6 a day. <laughs> a month. Yeah. Uh, or a day. Uh, or if you want to give us a total budget, 500000 that's all we're looking hey, for. 500000 uh, isn't that'll, much. That'll work, yeah. That'll work. It'll, it'll get us where we need to be. Uh, but anyways, we're talking with Jesus. He's been going off uh, on all kinds of stuff uh, for funding. Uh, that's his specialty. So if you're looking to make your own film and you need somebody that can guide you on how to uh, raise the money, how to get distribution contacts, 
how to approach investors, how to make a pitch deck. So this is money in the bag. I mean, this thing gives you a, a pretty much a broken down business plan and a lookbook at the same time, which you were talking exactly. about earlier on this on this uh, podcast that we're recording simultaneously. So that's why we have two microphones here. Um, we're also live on Instagram. Uh, Jesus has got his followers checking us out. Yeah, and I think it's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's what we're going to talk about today is uh, his distribution plan or his his plan of film funding and getting it to distribution. So. I think we should start the format, like, you know, and, and feel free, Renee and Patrick, you know, if, if I guess we can do a little bit of role playing, you know, if, if you guys are like, you know, potential investors, like what kind, of, what kind of questions would you be asking us collectively? Like, you know, what do you need answered or, or what do we need to present to you so you would, you know, so you can make a, you know, financial commitment, you know, uh, as of right now, I think our, at least my strongest suit is definitely, you know, having relationships with distribution companies. So I've been contacting some of uh, the distribution com- <clears throat> excuse me some of the distribution companies I've worked with before and just all we're doing is just planning to see like hey you know this is this is in the works right now and you know eventually when when uh, uh, when it's pretty much what they call packaging when more elements are attached like whether it's an actor whether it's you know some partial funding or uh, there's a sales agent or uh, a sales agent that's interested excuse me interested in selling the foreign uh, distribution then they can probably make a financial, con- you know, uh, you know, make a, a financial contribution to the production, you know. And obviously, we're still doing, you know, code, uh, code emails to reaching out to uh, other executive producers who've uh, invested in independent films as well, you know. And we've been actually the last, I would say the last two weeks, we've been getting a lot of, you know, receptive, you know, people have been very receptive to our information. They're asking the right questions. But once again, you know, it's definitely a process to uh, produce an independent film, to finance an independent film. I would say an average is anywhere between six to 12 months to find it, to get from, if, if you, that's not even including like how long, you know, the screenplay took uh, uh, Miguel to write, you know. We're just talking about like since, let's say day one, since this pitch check was made to where we get finance is anywhere between six to 12 months, give or take. Good information. Um, so you were mentioning like you wanted them to role play, asking what kind of questions an investor would ask. So let's say let's put you all on the spot and say if you had five hundred thousand dollars, right? Say say you're, you're a multimillionaire, so you have money to throw around, and you had somebody come up to you and be like, "Hey, I want you to give me some money for this." What would you ask them? If it was uh, just I, first, you know. I, I would ask uh, who who do you have in mind to play the roles? You know, awesome actors. As of right now, our main lead that we're considering is Bruce Campbell. He was the lead actor in Evil Dead, uh, Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two, and then Ash versus uh, Evil. He's been in, uh, he's had like two uh, solo uh, TV shows, and you know, this is one thing that, that one of the things that you know, uh, whether you're an independent filmmaker or you're a producer, find out when you cast somebody, make sure that person's really worth their salary and their rate. One thing that Miguel told me was that you know, uh, Miguel obviously runs uh, the uh, the special effects circuits, the the comic cons, uh, the hor- the horror cons, and everybody and their mother in that world knows who Bruce, Bruce Campbell is. Like he's like an iconic person, you know. And that guy comes with a huge fan base, and that's you know that's obviously one thing that that we can secure with an investor saying like, hey, we have our our one of our lead actors, you know, is a horror icon who comes with you know millions of followers, like devoted followers. Like he has like a cult status. Like that's how 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 big he is 
And then, uh, uh, so that definitely answers your one of your yeah. questions. And and the other actors that we have in mind are all people that have you know their own fan base. You know, uh, uh, mostly comedians. Mostly probably. comedians. And are you are you cool with me dropping a couple of names yeah, that we have in totally mind? Fine. Like Carlos Valdez got me really excited because he's on Flash. He plays one of the lead characters on Flash. You know, the DC uh, the DC uh, uh, TV show that's produced by CW. Uh, he's been in Arrow as a guest star. He's been in Supergirl. So this guy, you know, and that's the guy that will hopefully play, you know, the, the role of Renee, you know. He, he even has the nice little wavy long hair and, you know, he's real quirky. His character's really quirky and, and, and pretty cool. Um, so once again, like, you know, we try to attach people that we know that are re financially reasonable. That's why it's such a solid investment because, for one, the production cost is low and the and the... And all the assets that we're bringing are extremely high, you know, and that's definitely talent. Another thing that 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 from a uh, you know you as an investor can look at is like the found footage formula is very inexpensive. Like literally, you can have a crew of, I would say, I would even go as low as saying five, and you you can accomplish what you know uh, Miguel's vision. So we know that overhead is not gonna you know eat up the the budget. It's really gonna be production value and also you know our cast, our talent. You know that's what we're putting our 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 uh, uh, um, um, majority of the funds. Yeah, that's where yeah. we're putting the majority of the funds. Mm -hmm. I got a question then. Yeah. Um, so I've been hearing about these points. Yes. What does it mean? Well, back end points is pretty much is your ownership. You you're owning a certain percentage of. Uh, uh, Consider the, the, the film as a, a small business, right, or a startup, right? Let's say, uh, let's say to, uh, to buy a point, uh, points means that you have some ownership of the company, right? So if, let's say, depending on your, on your deal, right, if it's the creators, if it's an investor, um, the, the, what's the, what's the main thing again that we're offering Points are like percentages. The right. percentages of what you own in the company and stuff like that, you know, and that's just going to be based on the investor, how much equity he puts in. If obviously, if it's in an, uh, an executive produ an executive producer, that means that he's already invested in previous films. Then he might have more leverage, and it'll make more business sense for us to, you know, negotiate negotiate with that person, you know, either higher points because he's going to bring something additional other than just money. You know, he can get us a theatrical deal. He can attach maybe some more talent, or he has you know uh, foreign distribution uh, uh, channels, or maybe he's interested in funding you know the mobile game plus the comic and you know trying to see you know if that's going to bring any money. And that's all you know obviously negotiated with production. You know you guys are what we consider production. You know you guys already own stake in the company and it's going to be your decision. Like you know um, you know you know traditional deals are you know anywhere between you know uh, uh, eighty to twenty percent. 80% is retained by production, and then 20% to the investor. Usually, like in smaller uh, on smaller productions or like first-time filmmakers, it's usually 50-50. It's usually 50-50. Uh, uh, the investor gets 50%, and then production gets 50. But the reason that you know we're not doing that is because we have experience already. That's why you know we we have you know uh, I've already done over 10 features. Five of them have, five of them have been sold. Three of them are already getting residuals checks, which is a huge accomplishment. That means that they're making money already. <coughs> so that means, so if, let's say if I get 5% uh, of the movie. Yeah. So I get 5% of the profit. Yes. And then if they start selling, if they start doing 
stuff and they start showing it like on Hulu or whatever or start selling DVDs, that's also back, also get that investment back, correct? Absolutely. And usually like the one of the, 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 the deals that we're doing is that we're, your initial investment, you're going to get 120% back. That's kind of like your bonus. So let's say you, you invest the whole amount, right? So you're going to get six hundred uh six hundred thousand dollars back like your bonus is a hundred you know a hundred k plus you own twenty percent you know if that's the deal that we end up going like you know the eighty twenty deal then you get twenty percent of any additional you know revenue that comes to the film so let's say hypothetically it makes a a million dollars you know in a small theatrical run then you get you know two hundred k on top of that out of your initial investment so you know you already made you know eighty thousand dollars you know on on a you made three hundred thousand dollar profit of a five hundred thousand dollar investment, which is really really nice. And what, that's one of the things that that's really exciting about film. You know, obviously it's extremely risky um, to for, for any 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 independent film to break even. Just to break even is extremely difficult, and then to get into profit. But the thing that's exciting about independent film is that when it hits, it hits, and it hits a lot. We're talking about an average of. Two to four hundred percent on top of what your original investment was, you know, and the fact that you know this is you know the production cost is so low, and the assets are so high, you know, the the fact that you know already you know if uh, some of the names that we were talking about, you know, you know if if we got Snoop Dogg or you know Cypress Hill to make a cameo or people in that subculture of you know the stoner sub subculture and they're making you know. Uh, uh, cameo appearances and we bring their audience on top of our audience that we build on our own and then plus you know the distribution company their marketing campaign that they do to to attract even more fans and more eyes to the project you know that could be extremely lucrative like for 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 the production man that's that's uh that's the goal you know to get people excited to get people i hate to use this term but like when you're pitching to an investor eddie you want to get them greedy you want to get them very greedy and you want, you want to get them, get them excited. Very, you want to get them very excited, very greedy. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, the fact, you know, it's it's not Miguel's first rodeo, you know, and it's not my first rodeo as a, uh, as a film producer and as a line producer and, you know, getting distribution, you know. The the angle that we're going right now, like I said, right now, obviously we started off in, in the holiday season, so things are a little slow in the industry. But nonetheless, we've been getting, you know, responses, you know, from some pretty big distribution companies. You know, these guys are no, uh, you know, they're no joke. You know, they're they're pretty, pretty up there, you know, and that's including executive producers that I've been talking to. And right now we're planting the, we're planting the seeds and, you know, they're asking for more information. Like the next major step that I know that, you know, it's going extremely positive is when it started asking for the script. And I think that's going to be coming up like in, in this week. You know, I'm going to start, you know, doing follow ups. And, you know, seeing like, hey, you know, I hope you, you know, had time to review our pitch deck. You know, we have a business plan, uh, business plan ready to, you know, be shot out to you. We have the script. We have the shooting budget. Uh, excuse me. We have the student schedule. We have the film budget, you know, so they can. These are people that with experience, you know, there's no way that we can scam them because this is not their first rodeo. You know, they're, they're distribution companies that have done like, you know, paranormal activity. They've done like big stuff, you know, so. When we present something to them, you know, we're not going to put a fast one to them, you know. They're going to look at it like, okay, these guys, you know, they're, they're going to make the mess, excuse me, they're going to make the most of what they have and we're going to gamble on them because, you know, the elements are just too freaking dope to, to pass, you know. That's mm-hmm. it's just, <laughs> no pun intended, right? Like, well, let, let me ask you this. Yes, yes, sir. Okay, if somebody has enough money to put forth to fund a film like this, whether it's 500000 whether it's a million... Obviously, you know, to make 
you know, a couple of hundred thousand on it, that's not going to be a big deal to them. What would be the incentive that we would talk to them about as far as what the potentials are where they're going to make not only their money back and not only say the 200 grand, you know, total uh, as far as, you know, some of their, you know, what they're going to make back off the money they give you. But what is going to be the incentive for these people to want to give you this kind of money in order to make this show happen? I love that you asked that question because this is one of the reasons. And, you know, you have to be very clever, very strategic when you're going about your plan. That's why I think product placement is such a great opportunity because if we're proposing, let, let's say it's uh, uh, this, this, this maker of uh, rolling paper or... Uh, um, uh, say it's tops. Say it's tops. Right, and they just fall in love with the script. They fall in love with the cast that we're gonna put in. They fall in love with Miguel. They fall in love with the production company. Not only are we gonna charge them to have their product in our film, if they double down, they know that this. Screw what the money makes. We got these people. The fans of Reefers Creepers are gonna be loyal customers to them, and they're gonna freaking make money for like infinity, right? Like for as long as they smoke weed, you know, if it's a, a twenty-year-old so stoner like buying, buying commercial time. Exactly right. So, so this is something. What? So, in other words, on the pitch for something like that, it's not so much how much they're gonna get back pretty much right away once this thing yeah. sells. It's going to be the long-term effect of the residual monies that are going to be coming in. And the lower fan base that comes, like, like Miguel made it extremely clear, dude, I want to make a cult classic. And people have no idea how powerful a cult classic is. Because, like, let's take, you know, Return of the Living Dead, right? Uh, um, I wish I would have looked it up. But like, let's just say, hypothetically, their budget was $3 million to shoot the Return of the Living Dead, Right. In the span of, uh, I think it was released in 80, 87 or 89 or whatever, from that time to now, it's that movie's become a cult classic. And I guarantee you it's probably made over $50 million just on, on the lifespan of, of, its, of, uh, of, of uh, releasing the film. Plus every other five to ten years, they make that special edition DVD with new interviews and, you know, new behind the scenes. And for all we know, that thing probably even hit closer to $100 million. Mm -hmm. So you, for a distribution company or, or a studio, when they look at something that can become not only a call classic, but plus a franchise, I mean, that's, 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 that's the angle that Miguel came up with, uh, which, which is, you know, uh, pretty exciting in itself. And not only that, you know, the, the cool thing about this, this project, it, you know, it can have multiple spin-offs, right? There's the, there's the, the reality show, the paranormal analytical, it can turn into a spin-off kind of like similar to the X-Files where the, where, where the, where the guys from uh, uh, Paranormal Activity are investigating every week. They're investigating a new, you know, it's a demon, a UFO, or whatever. Um, plus the comic, plus the mobile game. And uh, so we, we were really smart in, in thinking, uh, um, not only smart, but like really mature to say like, hey man, we have to think like a business because we know that at the end of the day, you know, uh, let's say the movie only makes, you know, they invested, you know, 500K in the film, but the film maybe bombed but for whatever reason people love the mobile game and it's just like in, in the span of six months it made like two million dollars just on the mobile game you know or you know the uh, the comic book had its own circulation and got picked up by image or dc or marvel and boom it's in circulation it's selling you know 50 to 100 you know copies you know every every month when it gets released uh but nonetheless like these assets that we're putting uh in front of potential investors are reducing their risk because, okay, maybe the movie won't make it, but maybe the merchandise blows up 
or maybe it takes five five to ten years for this movie to finally become a cult classic. Because because you as an investor, you you know you own the the company till perpetuity, you know forever, you know. But you know it might take five to ten years before it becomes a cult classic, and then boom, all you get all of a sudden you get a, a residual check from the distribution company like for two million bucks or something like that. Like oh snap. Like, you know, that's like one of those things, you know, like, like it might take a while before it builds its, its audience. But like the the companies that, you know, Miguel and Eddie and I have been discussing the, the, the real players that we want to, you know, have them excited and, you know, uh, expose them, you know, expose the script and the, the pitch deck to them. They're billion dollar companies. They're, you know, a hundred, a hundred plus million dollar companies that have the financial resources to market the heck out of this in, the, in more ways that we, you know, might not have uh, even thought of, you know, but, you know, as independent filmmakers, you know, and once again, you know, my, my hat's off to you guys, like, you know, uh, uh, sticking to doing the promo videos and just finding that audience, you know, and, and uh, um, eventually, you know, get to a place where, you know, it's it's almost every week, you know, one or two little micro, you know, videos of, of, of stuff of, of the world of, of, of Reefers Creepers. Speaking of which, we should uh, actually think about doing another uh, small little video. Yeah, we need to do another one. You know, and uh, I was thinking maybe do, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about maybe doing something like some found footage or mm -hmm. something like that uh, as far as, uh, <clears throat> you know, more or less along the storyline of the movie, mm -hmm. you know, or or maybe, uh, what do y'all think about maybe doing something as far as like a, a teaser? Can we, you think we could get a teaser going? Yeah, it's possible. You know? Some sort of teaser. So that way people can kind of start to see what the movie's about to where they see it, they get hooked into it, they want to, you know, they, they start itching for it. And and it's something that will spread around, you know, basically to, to gain the attention and the attraction of the of the uh, the fans, the people that are mm -hmm. going to be following and, and they're going to be watching. Uh, these are things that I've, I've been thinking of as well, too. But I'm glad you told me as far as uh, the residual effect concerning how to pitch it as far you know when when you're when you have somebody that's got that kind of money mm -hmm. like i said two hundred thousand of them is that's a drop yeah in of the course bucket. you know so I, what i was looking for was what benefits are these people going to actually be looking for in order to give the money when they're going to be looking for a larger return than two hundred thousand well you have two uh, you have basically two traditional investors the one that just wants to make money, and the one that just wants to be in the in the, in the game. In the like, game, they want they want the like they, they want to rub elbows with Bruce Campbell. They want to rub elbows with with Eddie Hill <laughs> and, right. and Rene Rodriguez and Patrick, and you know they want to. Or maybe it could be for all we know that there's a, there's a multi million uh, a multi millionaire out there that's just fascinated with the paranormal. So if if a multimillionaire is right there, <laughs> right there, you, right now, right right there where those little blue lights are, okay. <laughs> if, if that's your multimillionaire, what are you going to tell him? Why why should they invest in this? Tell him right now. If it's from a from a from a fascination of the paranormal, if it's somebody if it's somebody that's extremely fascinated, like it's like anything else, right? This guy could be an oil tycoon, but like when he was fifteen years old, he was out with his girlfriend at the lake and he saw these crazy lights and he could never explain it to anybody. And when any any time he told the story, you know, nobody believed him. And now, you know, we're doing you know uh, we're doing a film called you know Paran excuse me, uh, we're doing a film called Reefers Creepers about this paranormal. Uh, investigation team it's just the excitement of being validated okay so so what are you going to tell them to, to give you the money 
He's he's listening. He's looking, or she is, he or she. Well, I mean, or first off, you got to bait them, right? <laughs> you so got to bait them. It's you a gotta, process. You got to tell them, like, you know, hey, okay. have, have you ever had a paranormal experience? And get them. That's talking. the question you, you that I always start off with. Okay, they're going to say yes. I have. Okay, so, so then you get so. them talking. Tell, tell me all about it. Tell me what happened. Oh, we've we've actually done a bunch of paranormal investigations. We actually wrote a movie on it based on some of our experiences and taking it a step further, uh, all the funny stuff that happens along the way, but adding in the whole marijuana stuff. And they're like, hey, I like weed. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I smoke, I dabble, I, 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 I take a hit or two. <laughs> Only problem is like we, we've encountered a couple of people that just say, well, we don't, we don't like that topic. Like everything else is fine, but exactly. the, like, the substance that, stuff that, is, is that what gets is, to them. That is the craziest thing I've seen with this film. And you had it's, a good point too the other day when you said, okay, you don't like weed, but do you like money? Right. Do you there like you making go. money? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a good argument, but, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that are ultra conservative and say, I, I you know, won't, and, I can't and, support something and that's like this. What I, was make me talking to, I was talking to Jesus about that earlier and I told him, I was like, you know, I said, Reefers Creepers comes with its own whole set of demons just trying to get this movie out there and mm-hmm. create the funding that we need in order to film it. Yep. it I mean, there's all kinds of roadblocks and, and things that we, we've run into uh, from the ultra conservative, like you said, to people that uh, are interested, but you know they don't have any money to put down. And, and also to the main point of it where it's just not getting out there to the right people. That's the big problem is that it's just not getting out there. I mean, we don't have a video that's gone viral yet. And that's why I'd like to tell everybody out there right now, if you are able to sit there and share these videos, to share our podcast, to share whatever it is that we're putting out concerning Reefers Creepers, you're helping us to get this video out there to where it could possibly go viral and get us the the, the monies that it's going to take in order to film this movie. Because once this feature film is filmed, man, it's going to go all over the place. And it could even be on your TV set and you can say that you had a part in it. So, I mean, this is one of the things that I'm talking about as far as getting this thing out there and getting it to the right people and getting it to the right eyes and ears and, and the people with the with the deep enough pockets where they can actually help us yeah. to get this thing moving. And that's the one that, once again, you know, I have to go back to... Uh, uh, Back to my base, back what you know, back to what I know, and it's you know going through the distribution angle and also going through executive producers who have previously you know invested in independent films, you know, mm-hmm. and it's once again you know it's it's a, it's a process, and I can't I can't delude you know, and I can't you know this is the thing like like anytime a filmmaker posts is uh, uh, behind the scene day one, I'm on set day one, and you know the actors mm-hmm. over there doing makeup and there's a camera set up. I guarantee you that fa- that filmmaker, it took him about a year to get to that place. Nobody wants to do the legwork. Nobody wants to do the boring stuff. Nobody wants to do the cold calls. Nobody wants to do the cold emails. Nobody wants to go film festivals and go to the markets, start networking, start building relationships that can possibly blossom. But once again, that's one of the things that, that I have to say that I specialize. I love doing the boring shit. Like I love doing, I'm that, I'm that dude. I'm that dude that sits on the computer and I and I work on my copy. I work on my on my my email structure. I work on the subject lines to see if I can grab somebody's attention. So just so they can reply and say like, okay, cool, S- send me the pitch deck. Let me see what what you, what you guys are about, you know. And it's uh, um, actually the fact that you've been getting real responses. I I would say a good like 
almost 40 percent 50 percent yeah actually yeah 30 you know, to 40 yeah on, on actually. just cold emails people saying oh what is this give me, either give me some more information send me either your your proof of funds or send me yeah uh, you know send me a business plan or send me anything so this has been returning back with the pitch deck so they can get a little bit of information if they want more they can reply or respond back but just the fact that you're getting a reply from people that are that have been in the industry and doing that kind of stuff, I mean that's it's been amazing so far. And and uh, and one of the things too is like and and, and, and it's I'm, almost a numbers game. Like you it really enough, is you a numbers game. Yeah. There, eventually you'll get a bite and somebody will will help you out for your project. And one thing that I've noticed about Miguel, you know, we're kind of like kindred spirits that way. We have a cool, <coughs> calm confidence about us that if you put us in front of somebody that has that net that that's you know is a high network individual, like you know he's worth a pretty penny. I can close anybody, you know. It's it's just obviously, you know, uh, me being, you know, in production and stuff like that. I've just I've never been that guy that knows everybody, you know. And that's one of the things that you know I'm continuously working on. That's why I keep on going to to, to network events, to because I know like the, the 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 film markets that I attend. That's where the real people go. You know, it's not you know, not to discredit anybody you know locally or anything like that. But like that's where like the big dudes go. Like you know the people that you know the Lions Gates. The, the bloom houses the the focus features those are the the representatives of that are are actually attending there and once again you you code you know you just go in and boom you pitch you give them you leave your pitch deck then you follow up and it's just you know it, it's it's so funny because like when you go to the film market I've been to uh, the major one here in the United States is AFM it's in Santa Monica it's a week long uh, film market. And what a film film market is is like that's where every single distribution company goes to sell their films to foreign to the foreign market, you know, to China, France, Germany, Italy, like the whole world, other than the United States. And the first time that I went there, you know, um, I I have to say I was not intimidated, man. It was just like it was a collective energy of a bunch of of other filmmakers like myself that were just there just to make it happen for their film and stuff like that. And I actually ended up building a relationship with a distribution company there, and uh, we sold two of our films to them. And th those two films, like I said, are given, you know, giving back residuals, you know. Uh, but once again, like you know, it's it's different. Like we want to get Miguel and I need to get to a place like where we're talking to these these people and like, okay, so like this guy is in L.A. Okay, so we're gonna look at, you know, is there a, a horror film festival coming up that's in L.A. that we can invite this guy. And close them like face to face, like where we can where we can see these people face to face. And don't get me wrong, man. I've I've, I've closed, like I said, I closed a deal uh, as a film producer by myself uh, that was 250k over the phone. I never met this filmmaker, th this executive producer. It took us a year to, to finally meet in person, and he was paying me a salary every month to just you know get everything organized, do the casting. We actually ended up building a set. Uh, and all the legwork that takes, you know, place when you're doing an independent film. But I, I have to admit, dude, that takes some, you know, that takes some guts on my end to give that that executive producer so much confidence that he's going to trust me mm -hmm. with that much money without ever physically meeting, meeting me. So maybe, I mean, like, and it's it's so funny because, like, you know, most of my clients, uh, uh, I have a client in uh, Hawaii. I have a client in... Uh, uh, New Mexico. There's another guy that I'm talking to in LA. There's one a uh, uh, colleague, excuse me, a client of mine that she lives in uh, Colorado, and uh, it's all been over the phone. And we're talking about you know a few thousand dollars, you know, for a stranger basically to you know trust you that you're gonna say what you're gonna do, you know. And and once again, you know, 
I pride myself that, you know, I have that track record that, you know, when, you know, when somebody needs something done, you know, or, or if I'm on set with somebody that I'm going to be the first person there and the last person to leave, you know, I just, and, uh, uh, it's a reputation that I've worked really, really hard to, to maintain, you know, cause I, I personally take pride that, 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 you know, when somebody hires me, they know that I'm going to be there, like, you know, on top of, you know, on top of everything, you know, being on my game, you know, like, you know, do, you know, getting production done. And uh, that's the kind of confidence that we want to give to investors, to distribution companies. Like, hey, we trust these guys not only creatively, but they also have the work ethic and the experience to to make this happen, man. Yeah. Uh, so, like you were saying, uh, meeting face to face with a potential investor is very important. Uh, not only just you know meeting them on the phone, talking to them, but getting FaceTime with them and actually meeting, greeting, wine and dine them, mm -hmm. do all that kind of stuff. Uh, because that's gonna. A, a lot of times, people don't really care about the business. They they can read a business plan and know exactly. all the numbers, and they they want to get uh, to know the person that they're doing business with. Um, so if you like, you said like I said, go to networking events. I just came from one earlier where I met like mm -hmm. you know five other people. I passed out business cards. He was like, okay, okay, these people with deep pockets, they could be a potential investor. Exactly. But you're going the route of hitting up. Um, People that have been in the game, so executive producers, people that, that are familiar with production, they don't have to sit in and look over your shoulder exactly. while you're editing or while you're, you know, on set and all that. Uh, I'm going more like with people that haven't done production. I'm, I'm yeah. meeting a couple people that, that you know, they, they just want to keep making money. Uh, maybe they haven't done film before. So, you know, having that, that way of approaching them and saying, well, you know, this, this can be super, extremely lucrative. Um why don't you try it out, you know? So it's it's getting to the point where, you know, I think something's going to hit. It's like you said, it's taking time. Well, I got a uh, good question for you, Miguel. Like any any people that you've been talking to the last few months that you've had, you know, face-to-face uh, -face interaction and you, you know, uh, uh, you give them an overview or reefers creepers or maybe you've given them the pitch deck, have you noticed if there's a particular, is it more, and this is obviously, you know, part of our region, you know, uh, um, I love San Antonio, you know, it's my, it's my hometown, but it definitely has a little bit more of a conservative vibe, and uh, the fact that there's demons and that there's weed, you know, right. um, uh, it still has that, not to say that there, there, there's not, you know, what's that famous uh, San Antonio lawyer, the... Thomas J. Henry? No, no, the, the other one, the... Oh, the, the stoner, No, the stoner one, the 4 two, uh, the 420... Oh, 420 the, guy. Yeah, 420, 420 dude, yeah, Maybe, you know, if he caught wind of this, you know, uh, unfortunately, he's being, I think he's criminally investigated yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why, right? So, but nonetheless, like, if he caught wind of it, like, obviously, yeah. like, you know, you could tell that that guy probably, you know, has a, he, he talks it up a bit. Yeah. He, he wouldn't even look twice about it. You know, he'll definitely look at the business plan. You know, uh, he'll look at our uh, projections and he'll look at, you know, what kind of relationships we've had in the past. And he'll just like, well, cool. Let's 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 move forward, you know. Uh, but uh, back to back to my question, Miguel. Like, have you noticed any like any uh, any particular questions that they're asking? Like, are they asking for more information? Not really. I mean, they, uh, a lot of them they've kind of gotten discouraged at just the the topic. So it's, I mean, they, topic, they right? have they have the funds, they have the means of doing it, um, and they some of them like well, one of them in particular. She she actually has produced a couple films and all that, but. Her, a lot. I noticed uh, after researching her a little bit, she's done a lot of conservative stuff. So 
I think she's even trying to get a pilot done uh, that's uh, faith-based. Yeah. So, I mean, if you run into people like that, that might not be... It's kind of like if you have a TV show. And ours being a paranormal one, we don't want it on like the Hallmark Channel. Right? Yeah, it wouldn't so make you got to know where you're, you're going to pitch it to. Yeah, and where the where audience you're is send at. It out to, so. I don't know. I think the Hallmark Channel would be they great. They need it. They need it. They need yeah, it, right? They, they need to bump they it up. They need to boost it up a little bit. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And that's why, once again, I think that's why product placement makes sense. Because if we're talking to uh, companies that specialize in, you know, the 420 community, Where you know, you know what, we, what their we, audience they, yeah. is and what they're into. And all no, that, yeah. We don't have to like, you know, tippy toe around the, 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 the topic, you know, they're going to just automatically like there was, there was a really, really good promising, uh, conversation that we had with a prominent, uh, uh, vapor company out of uh, Colorado and, uh, it went extremely well, but I, I think more than anything, it was just like, this is one one thing that's very frustrating about you know being an independent filmmaker. Most people don't believe that you actually do that because they they only see like you know there's only like four you know name producers that you know the majority of the general population would know that oh yeah that that's the guy that made you know so and so movie or or whatever and it's usually the directors and the actors that you know mm -hmm. the general audience knows more about. Um, so one of the things is like, man, I mean, are these guys actually really in the film industry? And like, obviously, like we are in the film industry, mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, obviously, you know, Miguel and I have worked on, you know, national, regional and local commercials outside of, you know, independent film, but it's still film production, you know, and uh, he's done documentaries. I've worked on a couple of documentaries as well. Uh, but my bread and butter and the thing that I love the most is independent film, you know, um, uh, I'm pretty sure Miguel, you know, feels ab about the same way because, you know, we have more creative freedom. We don't have to, you know, um, uh, we yeah. know the game flow. Like, you know, we, we know exactly right. You've what, been there. Yeah, you, you, we, we know what we're going to get into. Yeah. Yeah, we, we take gigs like, you know, editing jobs, commercial jobs, like you said, just to pay the bills. But this is more like the the labor of love kind of stuff. Yeah, because so it's, it's nothing like it, man. Our, all our creative juices into. <laughs> There's nothing like it. Um, as opposed to working for somebody else, that's going to call all the shots and say, "Oh, this is what I want. This well, is what you know. I, I want to use your skill set for." I say we need to start juicing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and quickly. Yeah. So we're going to continue going through the process. Uh, uh, and once again, you know, obviously, you know, Miguel has his full time job as a filmmaker. You know, uh, you know, as a special effects artist, and Eddie has his his full time job. I still, I, I do this. I do this a hundred percent. Excuse me, as a freelancer. So if if I don't lock down, if I don't lock down a gig next week, I'm broke like for two or three weeks until yeah, I get I get the next well, gig. You know, I, I don't have a, a corporate job. I don't. Right. I mean, you, you created a, you created uh, our pitch deck for us. Yes. Okay. What was your thought when you saw Reefers Creepers and when you started putting together our pitch deck? How did you come about putting it together the way you did? Because, I mean, you did such a phenomenal job in the way that this looks. I mean, I've seen pitch decks before in the past, uh, and, and like most of them that I've ever seen, you know, they might have a picture or two, but a majority of them is strictly just, you know, boring paper. And this one you made more into, of a, into like a comic book, that's actually extremely interesting to, to sit there and read and look at. That's yeah, really nicely designed. I mean, it if very, somebody sees yeah. this, they're going to be like, they're going to get Excited. a really good <laughs> idea of what the movie's about, where we're all coming from, all our backgrounds, um, the information that he has on minimizing risk, uh, the possible return on investment in a scenario, different comparable films, all the, all the uh, territories that they've been distributed in. 
I mean, th this stuff's got so much information, and it's something that a lot of new filmmakers need to to have in their arsenal when they're approaching somebody that that's got the funds and the means of of uh, making their movie happen. Let me show you one of the better pictures, okay? This right here. <laughs> this one right here. I got that, that's like three little bears. Yeah, that's three. Yeah. Hugging it out. <laughs> Eddie's yeah. Eddie's eating sandwich by Renee and Patrick. Us in the cave. I feel like the meat in the sandwich. <laughs> well, back to your question, Eddie. I mean, it, it goes back to the director, the way that Miguel communicates himself, you know, visually. You know, he's very articulate and what he wants. We had a general idea and, you know, we pitched a couple of stuff to each other. And, you know, I I, uh, I was communicating with my concept artist. And uh, after after Miguel and I, you know, kind of came up with, with okay, you know, let's, let's, let's experiment with this and let's see where it goes. And then from there, you know, uh, obviously we gave our concept artist some reference photos uh, uh, of other concept art with similar kind of uh, design, uh, excuse me, similar illustrations. And he just went with it, man. And he really had fun. Uh, uh, and um, but once again, I, I think as a, as, as a director, it's I think I think directing is is really talking to your key crew, your actors, and get them getting them into a level of of like high aesthetics, man. I think more than it, and it's a lot of communication. And I think that you know, you guys have worked uh, with with Miguel through uh, you know Paranormal Analytical, and you see the way that he communicates, you know. A lot of people like, like you know, a lot of people would you know look at Miguel and I and and think that you know we're a little more reserved or introspective. But when we come to play, man, I, I think you know very few people touch us. You know, when when we come to work, we come to work, and and you know, uh, uh, Miguel has, has a reputation, you know, as a as a special effects artist. You know, and people you know, once again, you know, people trust. They have to trust your name. You know that. You know, and and I'm from that school where where a handshake. Old school. A handshake means something. something. Mm -hmm. Your name means something, mm -hmm. and you protect your name. Like you know, you don't want anybody, you know, to slander your name, and you always have that reputation. Like, hey, you know, whether I like that person, you know, personally, that guy did exactly, you know, what he said he was going to do. Well, the reason I'm saying that, I mean, because <clears throat> how long did it take us to write the script on that? Where we all got together and we were writing it what? Uh, about a week. Shoot. Yeah, we all got together wow. every yeah. Wednesday. I think. We, we knocked it out. Yeah. Pretty... How many days total? I mean, like. Five, six, okay. probably. Five or six days total. So within the span of about five or six weeks, because we'd meet up like once a week, thereabouts, and we'd you know brainstorm mm -hmm. ideas in between. So, I mean, when it came to life and I saw the artwork on this, I mean, I have to say I was stunned because it, it's such a crazy feeling when you're, when you're, you're, you're actually doing the script or when you're actually mm -hmm. writing it. And, you know, you're kind of visualizing it in your own head and how it's going and what's going on. But when you actually see the characters or, in this case, the, the demons and, and what have you in a full color booklet brochure, you know, it, it puts a whole new perspective on it. And it's so cool to look at something like that to think, wow, you know, we, we, we actually came up with this idea and this is the way it ended up in the book. I mean, that is such a cool thing to have happen because not many people get to see their ideas come to life. Exactly. It you takes know? them such a long time. And, yeah. and not only that, but I'm sure there's going to be another step in this process 
once it's filmed and we see it come to life on the screen. And that's when I think it's going to hit home and go, <laughs> exactly. damn, that's cool. And you that's know? a beautiful feeling. Like like uh, one of the things uh, I think a filmmaker once asked me, he was like, you know, what's the best feeling that you have? Uh, um, you know, whether you're a producer, you're, you know, you're a crew member, is that when you read... Uh, um, when you read your script and then you see the actors perform that script and it just like boom works like magic exactly the way you envision it though exactly yeah, the way that you guys cool about this too is when we were writing it each our, each of our characters is our personality exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's our personality into yeah. our characters so and it almost wrote itself just the it dialogue really did, right? the dialogue was like what would you say okay Okay, so he said this. So what would you say to him? Okay, let's add on to that. And I'm like, how would you interject? How would you jump in on that? Mm-hmm. And it was always like, you know, crude humor, but it works. You With know? a couple of little add-ons here. And there. I have a question for you, Eddie. I have a question for you, Eddie. Like, 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 you know, I could tell, you know, you you have a really great leadership quality. Like, how do you keep your crew? Like, I, I like you know, I, I just barely came into, you know, officially, you know, as part of uh, the member of Reefers Creepers. Yeah, we're, we're keeping you, by the way. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> How do you keep the momentum going? Because, like, th- once again, you know, you're, you're facing, you know, production. You know, it's the reality. It's not as fast as people would like it to be, you know. Like, the minute that you finish that script, like, oh, shit, like, I'm going to make a phone call. In two weeks, we're in production. Like, I wish it was yeah. like that. I wish... Well, uh, we're it is, yeah, but it, yeah, you but have it to be takes, established for that. Exactly. What to, you're asking, or what the, the question you're asking, is actually extremely difficult. Uh, that's probably the hardest part of this whole thing is the wait, is mm. the be, is the patience part of it. Yeah. Well, and and like uh, with Renee, well, Renee's pretty laid back. I mean, he he kind of goes with the flow, and you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, and you know, sometimes I got to you know call and check to make sure he ain't dead. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. so I mean, because he kind of. I'm so freaking busy. I don't want to hear it. Okay, we we so we are all busy. Do. I don't I don't give a shit. Yeah, I have funny. an answer okay. to that question. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, Patrick. Yeah, we're we keep each other going because we're like a family. You know, we've been investigating you know hauntings and you know doing our deal for a long, long time. We've known each other forever, so you know we kind of treat each other like. Family members. Oh, we're, so, you know, we're all brothers. You know, the ups and downs, we vent to each other, we call each other, vent to each other, you know, kind of like brothers. You know? And and the venting's <laughs> a big part of it, <laughs> yeah, is being able yeah. to call and vent, yeah. get stuff you off know, our chest, and say, you know, I wish this other. would happen, I wish that would happen, yeah, yeah, we all do, you know, blah, 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 maybe next week, you know. And, and we have to keep looking into the future. You have to constantly keep looking into the future as far as what can be, what's going to be, and then keep each other motivated enough to where... We keep pushing forward and, and just keep the force driving in a certain direction, and we don't let off. You know, there's times when eventually, you know, some of us start slacking, and oh, my God, you know, and it's like, you know, it's kind of like yeah, you just got kicked man. in the balls, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just kind of hunched over there for a while. But, you know, eventually, you know, you got to pull yourself up and out and then get back into it. And and it's kind of like me, you know, I, I was, you know, in the police department for 26 years and mm-hmm. also in the military for eight and so I know in order to get stuff moving, you've got to sometimes pick up the ball yourself and then start calling everybody and start just driving forward, saying, okay, we're going to do this this week, we're going to do that this week, blah, 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 blah. And you just start assigning and, and making everybody do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. Even small little goals. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as long as you're moving forward, as long as you're not getting stagnant, anything at all will keep you moving forward. Because if you get stagnant and you start not doing something toward 
the betterment of this project, it's going to die. And you can't let that happen because there's so much work that's gone into it already. It can't fail. It has to, it has to make it. There is no failure. Okay. And we're all a team here and we all have to work together. And sometimes I'm down. Sometimes I call Mike, Hey Mike, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and he'll sit there and talk to me and, and, you know, boost my spirits a little bit. And it's enough for me to end up calling these two other knuckleheads over here and trying to get their spirits boosted to where they're up and moving. Enough and to get something. you, enough to give you energy for another day, dude. Another right. day, because it's so daunting uh, as an independent filmmaker, and it's just like a romance, man. Like I'm pretty sure you guys were so <laughs> the bromance was like thick when you guys oh, finished yeah. that screenplay. Like oh, oh god. my god, yeah. and your visions, and like you know how much <laughs> money you're gonna make. Patrick was swollen and running but around just, naked. <laughs> <laughs> but just like any. <laughs> Like any good relationship that's worth its salt, you know, you hit uh, you hit a wall, and then it's it's how do we collectively, cleverly, you know, surpass this wall to the next one, to the next one, until but the end goal is to get in production. Well, right? you know, the biggest driving force now, and I'm going to be honest with you, the driving force that we have now for this movie is you, okay? And I know that's a lot of weight to carry on your shoulders, but whenever there's an email that you send out. Okay, that's a possibility. Okay, so for every email you send out that I see show up in my inbox on somebody that you're contacting, that's a that that boosts me. That that keeps the that keeps the juices flowing. That's because we got our hands tied. We can't do much of anything. We have to wait. We're stuck. Yeah, we're on we're, we're, we're basically right now in limbo because there's not a whole lot as far as on our end that we can do to push forward except you know i mean there, there is still stuff. stuff we could do like 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 i said i i came from a networking thing so mm -hmm. as long as you're meeting right. other people and still putting it out there in the world and saying oh yeah we have this project we just need somebody to help us well uh, you keep saying enough times eventually somebody's going to hear it it's like, gonna it's say like yes, i was yeah. just up in colorado here recently and i was visiting my daughter and while i was up there uh one of my buddies who is like a uh, connoisseur of marijuana <laughs> and uh <laughs> He, uh, I gave him a whole bunch of the, the, the cards, you know, the oh, cool, donation cool. and stuff, because yeah. he, there, there's no one he doesn't know in the business. So I have him actually passing this stuff out over there and uh, gave him some of my business cards, gave him a whole stack of the, the other cards. By the way, I need to get more of those because yeah. I'm out. And uh, gave them to him so that he can start passing those out while he's out there. And by doing this, you just never know where you're going to get that bite, you know? Mm -hmm. uh it could come from left field. I mean, we could be dead in the water, or at least we think we are, and somebody could pop out of the blue and say, hey, look, you know what? I've got the cash. Let's look at this, and let's see what we can do to make it happen. Because you just never know. And it's just even like our podcast or, or Patreon or even Facebook and some of the things that we post, you never know who's, who's going to be watching or whose I'll, ears. I actually want to give an example on that. So uh, one of my buddies, uh, he... Uh, made a film it was a military film right a couple years ago and he had this idea to do this horror anthology so it was a bunch of short films mm -hmm. that are tied together well after he made his first film you know it's out there he's like eh, it's not a big film but it, i made a film right so he was at a party one day and uh this guy that was hosting it um you know a little inebriated but he was like oh you're a filmmaker you overheard that you're a filmmaker oh cool like what have you made and he's like, oh, nothing big, but it's, you know, it's online. You can watch it. So he's like, hey, everybody, we're going to watch this guy's movie. So he puts it on. He's telling everybody, you shut up. We're watching this guy's movie. So as he's in there looking at this thing, the guy says, man, I would love to get into film. You know what? 
do you have any other projects coming up? And he tells him about this other one that he had. The guy says, you know what? How much do you need? Uh, I don't know. 700 something thousand dollars or whatever. I forgot how much the budget was. The guy was like, done. Let's make it happen. I was like, man, that's so awesome for that to happen just right then and there at a party. And you you don't even know this guy, but you know, like I said, a lot of it's FaceTime getting to know people and they are, you know, they're kind of receptive to your personality. They want to know who you are as a person before they do business with you. Yeah, they you just never know whose ears or eyes are going to fall upon whatever it is that you're putting out. So, even though you know, we know there's not that many people at this time on Patreon, you know, watching us. You know, I think, like I said, the last time we were our biggest fan. But yeah. you never know who's <laughs> going to show up and see this. Exactly. You just yeah. never the know. The fact that we're still documenting this stuff. Somebody might, you know, want to research us and be like, oh, what have these guys been up to? Mm -hmm. If they see yeah. that we're actually there's putting consistent, work, yeah, consistent, consistent work on you this. Know, uh, but, yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I mean, we're very pushy when it comes to making this movie. And the reason I say pushy is because we're, we're aggressive. We're not giving up on it. It's something that's going to happen. I don't care what it's going to take. This movie's going to happen. Regardless of what anybody thinks, says, or does, this movie's going to happen. Period. We've got too much invested in it to let it fail. So failure is not an option. So it's going to make it, and it's going to happen. Just like some other projects that we have coming up. Those are going to happen as well. Yeah. We're not giving up on this stuff. And let's look at the math, too, brothers. I mean, like, we're... It's either, you know, it's a, it, that's the thing that's so funny about, you know, uh, raising numbers, uh, excuse me, raising funds. It's like, you know, it's either finding 20 people to invest 25K or finding or finding that one guy that, mm -hmm. that, that he just throws the whole thing in, right. you know. And if you look at it from a, from a business perspective and what we're offering, uh, how we're reducing risks, like, by a buttload, man. I'm, I'm talking like, you know. Most independent filmmakers, all they have is a script and maybe an actor, man. They don't. They don't have. Uh, um, they're not looking at it from the angle that you know. Uh, you know, collectively, the way that we're presenting it, mm -hmm. man. Like you know, this. There's other. There's other monetary funnels that you know that that this film can make money outside of the film itself. You know, and you know, uh, I'm not intimidated by that, man. It's just you know. Right now, I have to go through... Right now, it's like, you know, right now, we're definitely, like, in phase one. And and phase one is just planting seeds. Then people know... At least the people that I think are, are important or people who have uh, that experience uh, and they have a record of, of producing really good films and just say, we're here. You have any questions, you just hit us up. We'll get on Skype, all three of us, all five of us, and, you know, we'll sell it to them. Like, hey, you know, we're coming as a team. We have, you know... Uh, uh, a reality TV show attached to it. We have a mobile game. We have a comic. Uh, you know, there's merchandise can just go crazy once, you know, once it gets produced and it's marketed properly. So we're looking at 20 people to invest 25K, man. And it, and when when you break it down, and you can even break it down smaller, you know, maybe it's, it's uh, uh, I, I can't think of the math right now, but like, you know, maybe it's, you know, uh, maybe we'll start off with 5 to 10K, you know, and we'll just keep on hitting that number until you know it reaches you know the final budget that we know that that we need to to accomplish this film successfully. You know, because um, I've done micro budgets, man. I'm you know I'm a very humble filmmaker. You know, I never you know uh, look down on any filmmaker that hits me up. If I agree, I'm going to shoot your film. I'm going to shoot it, whether it's you know uh, a 50k independent film or you know a 2.5 million dollar you know independent film. You know. 
but I know in order for you as a filmmaker to hit your potential, your film has to be properly budgeted. Because if 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 uh, if uh, if if Miguel, you know, Miguel can say, "Hey, dude, all I got is you know twenty five k. Can we shoot this movie?" Yeah, of course, technically we can. But is it ever going to reach its full potential? Is it ever right. going to? Is it, is it uh, even going to make any money? Is or, it even I mean, going to make any money? Because it's because not because in that sense it's like there's no assets attached to it. Right, we because couldn't afford them. If it's twenty five thousand dollars, you could seriously just eat up that money, and that's the last you'll ever see of it. And that's the last you ever see of it, and it, it'll be. Uh, and it's it's like one out of a thousand films that maybe has that kind of budget range that gets some kind of notoriety in in the industry. Uh, but once again, it's like you know, it, it's usually. Filmmakers who are alumni of you know prestigious f film festivals, or you know they they just had like a different network already, you know, and they kind of knew that hey, well this is the only money that I could raise. I'm just gonna run and gun it and just shoot it, and it, it happens, right? That's that's the whole alluring yeah. thing of it. But you know, it's also like winning the lottery too. <laughs> yeah, it happens, it happens but like you know, it happened to me, no. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, because I bought a couple of tickets and I think the most of everyone was like twenty bucks. So I'm like, fuck it, I gave up. Um, I would like to 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 end the podcast with with asking each one of you to define success for this 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 film. Like, what success for you? You know, uh, uh, being attached to this project, man. And I guess we can start off with Renee because success for me will be uh, will be for me to have my show. I want to do my paranormal show. That is what I'm striving for. I want to make money off this show, off the movie. And then have enough funds for me to start my my other show. Mm -hmm. That's that's my goal. I want to do my my paranormal UFO show. Oh that's wow! What I want to do. Cool man. Uh, so my goal is to have my own show so I can investigate what I really want to do. Yeah. That is my my passion is to see what's out there. But I can't do it. This seems like a this seems like a stepping stone for me. Yeah. Once I get this under my belt, then I have more. A, bigger opportunity for me to yeah your networking is going to change go out yeah. there and, and get my my show that's that's my ultimate goal right there yeah uh, for me it's basically to get what we worked hard on mm -hmm. out there and and make it big you know to make enough profit to actually like he was saying reinvest it into our show that we've been working on um yeah I mean, that's that's our passion, you know. I mean, I think that's all all of our passion. Yeah, we've been doing this to for investigate years. Mm -hmm. and to get our own show going, you know, or be a part of a show, you know. That has natural. That has national. You know. Uh, you oh know, yeah. It's you a, know, it's we, on a real network. Like we yeah, want to yeah. travel. We want to investigate paranormal UFOs, uh, cryptozoology. I mean, that's our passion. We've been doing it for many many years, and that's what we love doing. So. Well, for me, I, I'm like Renee and Patrick as far as it goes with uh, our paranormal shows, uh, getting that up and off the ground and running. But to me, it's a lot more than just that. To me, there's so much more that is rattling around in my head and other shows that I'm already working on that I'd like to get out there and continue doing and, you know, and basically write and get these things out there and just be successful so that my family and I can be comfortable mm -hmm. and, you know, not necessarily have to be rich or anything, but, you know, be comfortable and not have to worry about, you know, where 
our next meal's coming from or if we're going to yeah. be able to make uh, rent or or whatever the case may be or pay our mortgage or electricity bill or whatever and and be able to get out there and just you know enjoy life with with the family and do the best we can so that you know our own family and I'm sure these guys feel the same way. Well, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. yeah, of course. And man. you know to where you know we're we're not we're not struggling, you know. And what we're doing, we're getting satisfaction out of because this is what we love doing. So I think it has to do it has to be a little bit of everything, you know, but you know it, it's it's got to be more so for your family than anything else. You know, because once your family's taken care of, the rest will fall in place. And and that's what it's all about, guys, is just making sure that you take care of your family and move forward and do what you enjoy doing. And and that would be success for me, to do what I enjoy doing and, and be able to take care of my family in the same respect. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. I think uh, family aside, uh, just the fact that we get to make a living – do, with our particular skill set and talent that what we do I think I think that's the most rewarding thing you know that, that you have an innate gift to go on paranormal investigations and know what to look for and be able to convey those kind of experiences to people and for you to you know go after UFOs and figure out like what else is out there in the universe and you know the, you're there's such a drive for that for yourself that just the fact that it's being recognized by somebody else or a, a, a huge audience, I think that's going to be the most rewarding part. And for me, I mean, same thing. Like be, being a filmmaker is just going to be rewarding in itself. Just having this and claiming, yeah, this is something that we did. We all got together. We put this together out of nothing, and we're able to make happen and make a living off it. We're able to, you know, and just think how cool yeah. it's going to be to be able to, you know, go and show your family. Yeah. That, that is, and employ a ton of people. I mean, you can put a bunch of people to work on these yeah, projects. Yeah, exactly, and then, bro. And then not rely on anybody else to come in and be like, okay, we need an investor. Where are we going to get the 500000 It's like, we made that already. Let's put it into another project. Yeah, mm -hmm. just, just to think, this this was just an idea we threw yeah. out there one day. Renee's and, idea. Renee's crazy yeah. idea. <laughs> this is going to come a movie, you know, and, and pretty much set our lives to where we love, you know, doing what we love and getting paid for it and... You know, providing poor families. Renee, you're stoned right now. Tell us about what you thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Not yet. <laughs> well, man, um, I've been working in the industry for almost 15 years, and uh, I would love to finally work on something. And I love all the films that I worked on, man. Like they, they're like all you do is put your heart in, right? But I would love to be in a production that finally gets the recognition that it deserves and it has commercial and also critical acclaim, you know, that, that it does extremely well. And for me, like success for me, like to, to, to be in this film would be like that Rolodex is already going to be, you know, set in stone. Like where, like where Miguel and I or Eddie, we can call, we look at a Rolodex and we'll call so-and-so and like, Hey, we got this idea for this film and like, okay, cool. Well, we're going to finance and like, you know, it's, that struggle, I mean, we need that struggle, right? It makes us stronger, like, to, to uh, as filmmakers, to keep on gambling our youth, <laughs> our what time, youth? exactly, right? I don't have any anymore. <laughs> our time with our family, you know, your financial resources, like, the, and, and I know Miguel, because, you know, we've been in the same boat. It's like, the financial struggle as an independent filmmaker is real. 
but to get to a place where you know um you get that payoff where you, where it finally pays off like you you want you want the 15 years that you invested <laughs> in to be you know worth times it. five you know you know times well whatever worth. you know mm-hmm. well worth it and uh I just have a feeling that that this film can be a cult classic, dude, and it can do exceptionally well, and that pretty much, like, yeah, that's success for me. Like, your life changes, you know? Yeah. That's simple as that. Like, you and, know, and like I said... For the better, you know? And like I said, it's not going to fail, and, and I mean, it's going to... We're going <clears> to <throat> succeed in it. And the only thing I can tell you right now is that I am already looking forward to our next project. I know this was not even in the can yet, but I'm already looking forward to starting our next project. And have and, and starting our next uh, big role in in the in the movie industry, and not only that, there's so much that we can do. There's so many ideas that we have, uh, so much work to be done yet that it's literally could keep us busy for the for the, the remainder of, of our career, lives. Yeah. And and you know, and we can be out here doing what we enjoy and making stuff that's not only going to be fun for us, but enjoyable for you guys to watch as well. Because I mean that—that's what it's all about. When bring smiles to you guys, also, you know, and we see you guys look at this stuff and go, "Wow, that was funny," or "That was pretty good." I love it. You know, that makes us feel good because we did our job at that point. And that's an important note that you brought up, actually, uh, uh, Eddie. Is that you know, as filmmakers, and you know, a reminder to uh, Miguel and a reminder to you is like, when we're when we're pitching this film, let's make sure that we, um, which we obviously do, is that we have three to six other projects, you know, ready to go because they're going to say, we love this or we might pass on this, but do you have, what else do you have? And then you pitch that and you're just ready to go because the amount of energy that, you know, I actually posted this question a while back, like what's harder, writing a really amazing screenplay or raising money for an independent film? And everybody said that it was a lot harder to write an independent, you know, a good screenplay than it was to raise money. I, I, I thought that I was really fascinating. So. No, that was actually no, really no. fascinating. No, you know? no, it, and no, I no, see no. it flowed out of us. No. And, and it, it flowed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was easy for us yeah. to do that because, well, for one, it was based on us. Yeah, yeah it was collective. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, in, in yeah. our case, the screenplay was a breeze. Wow. You know? oh, yeah. and, but I have to say that the, the, uh, the finding the funds, like Renee said the last time, he had no idea it was going to take this long. No, I had no, no idea. You know, no. but uh, yeah, that, that's what that's what the hard part is. You know, writing is just like on, I'm working on several other projects right now. The writing, for me, I, it just it just flows out like well, you know, I anybody who's seen me before knows I can't shut up. No. So I mean, yeah. it just kind of flows out of me like nothing. So <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's easy for me to write. Writing is a piece of cake. The hard part is the funding. Oh my God, shoot me now. Yeah, you know, it's like, it, that's just the hardest thing in the world. You know, and I don't care how good your idea is. I don't care how badass your script is or how tight your, your screenplay is or anything else. Man, if it doesn't get out in front of the right people, you're just not going to exactly. get the money. <laughs> I don't care what you're doing. If it doesn't get in front of the right people, you're not going to get your money. You got to keep be persistent and keep trying, but we've got so many projects, you know, and and we really do. I mean, we've got yeah, what four or five other films, right? Now ready to go, right? That we're, yeah. that we're that, you know we're we're, lining the, up, yeah. we're in the in the process of doing. So I mean, it's just the part of getting the funding. We get this puppy off the ground and get it rolling. The rest are going to come quick, 
You know, that's all there is to it. There's yeah. not going to be no messing yeah. around. You know, and, and it's going to be, you know, we're going to be in here harassing Miguel every day. Exactly. Right here <laughs> at the new place. Yeah, at yeah, the new at place. The new studio. But you'll Ooh, be, you'll, the place. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be harassed church. in there big time. So yeah. for the time being, anybody that sees this video or has any questions whatsoever, don't hesitate to ask for the pitch deck. You know, uh, we're not shying away from, you know, this. we're in development right now. We're looking for funding and, you know, if anything that we said was remotely interesting or, you know, you're just, you're just curious and you want to test us out, you want to test our material, then, you know, hit us up on uh, info at reefercreepers.com and we'll be more than happy to send that pitch deck, man, because we're ready to how, rock How can they contact you, Jesus? Me? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, Instagram at Mr. Cifuentes. Uh, excuse me. It's Instagram uh, forward slash uh, Mr. Cifuentes. Spell that. Um, M-I-S-T-E-R-S-I-F as in Frank, U-E-N-T-E-S. You did that really well. You spelled that name. I have to. I have to. I know my name. It's yours. Believe it or not, man, I've been really excited with Instagram, and I think I use it more than Facebook now. There's just, it's it's very, it's really cool for making little quick introductions. And then, like, you know, one of my techniques is, like, you know, uh, um, you know, I, I, I say something that, you know, gets somebody really excited, and I automatically ask them for an email. As soon as they send me uh, an email, I'm like, cool, give me your phone number, dude. Let's, let's talk on the horn. Let's, you know, let's and see if, you know, if this can lead to something that, you know, something more promising for both of us, right? Like, that's the opportunity that you're giving an investor. Like, you know, you're not... You're not, you're not, you're not begging. You're not, you know, you're not, uh, 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 you're not, you're not at the mercy of the investor either, you know, because, you know, you have a commodity, you have something with a lot of potential, man. And it's, uh, you know, it's beneficial for any investor, but an investor, a real investor, they hate having their money just sitting there. They have to make it work because for them, it's always, you know, it's, it's incremental, you know, uh, uh, well, if it's just sitting there, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, not making it, money. It's not making money. Yeah. And no, no real, like anybody that, you know, now it's just simple math. Do you like, you know, inflation and, you know, the, the cost of living. Like I heard, I read price this. Price of Bitcoin. Going the, price, the price of Bitcoin. <laughs> I was going to ask you something about that too. Like I read this article that says that millionaires are the new middle class. Think about that, yeah. man. Think about that. Like that's so insane to think like that. Like, Somebody that has a net worth of five, ten million dollars is considered middle class. That means now. like we're just pure. Yeah. We're, we're, like, we're like in third world. <laughs> like the bottom of the bucket. So imagine that. So like you know, an investor like any any even like myself, right? Like if when I get to that that financial uh, 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 that financial stage that I want to be at, you know, I'm gonna I want to. I want to. I'm gonna want to make my money work. You know, I want. You yeah. know, other there's. I find other things really interesting. You know, from an investor, you know, perspective. But you know, once again, you know, this is still my main. Like for me, it's do or die. Like, like you know, I know a lot of actors, a lot of filmmakers that uh, a lot of them do like you know uh, a lot of sales work. Like, there I've noticed that a lot of them are real estate agents because it's like one of those things like you can close a deal and you're good for a month. So they have that that flexibility, right? I messed up because I never took a second, like a second trade. Like this is like the only thing I needed. So this has to pay off one way or another, right? Yeah. Like, our, yeah, what, else uh, what else can I do? I could, if anybody would look at my resume, they would freak out. Like they're like, what's this? Why is there so many gaps? And you know, you're being in production. You know why you're not working like for two or three weeks? 
because you know you're waiting for the next job to start or you know the next commercial or like oh you only worked on this job for like four days like yeah it was a commercial like you know they don't hire you full time uh that being said you know once again you know i think um collectively we have something really powerful and something that can be extremely lucrative for an investor and just a lot of fun man i think more than anything it's just a lot of fun i agree oh yeah oh Miguel, you want to uh, give your information yeah, on how they can contact you? So go to reeferscreepers.com. You can email us at info at reeferscreepers.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook by searching for reeferscreepers. Find us on Instagram, same way, and YouTube, same way. Uh, we have a Twitter out there, I think, but nobody uses I don't Twitter. I don't, I don't know. Twitter's old. I don't know. There's a lot of people Twitter's that throw old. tweets, but I don't know. Final question, Miguel. If somebody were to come and say, like, I want to fund your film, but with Bitcoin... What would you say? Oh, man, I'd take it. A heartbeat. Really? In a heartbeat. <laughs> I'm a little skeptical oh, about God. Bitcoin. I don't, I don't know what Bitcoin cri- is. Crypto it's crypto, cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. So it, what it That's is... That's money is... that you don't see. No, it's... Good. Uh, actually, well, you're it's, right. It's, it's actually, you're kind of right. Yeah. yeah, it's money. That's what crypto stands for. Oh, well, I mean, a couple a couple <laughs> years ago, when uh, Bitcoin just came out, it was like 2009. It was like... Five dollars a coin. Wow, dude! Uh, oh my god! Wow, I had at the time. I said, you know what? This is gonna be the next big thing. I'm either gonna put. I had five thousand dollars to play with at the time. I said, I'm either gonna put this into Bitcoin, or I'm gonna buy a bunch of camera equipment. And I bought a green screen. I bought a camera. I bought audio equipment. This is when I was living in Waco. Uh-huh. And then uh, now it's like, wow, dude! If you imagine, dude. I could be. I could be holding like. Opening up Alter Vision Studios and compete with Lionsgate or Paramount. Or exactly. It's like, ah, man. <laughs> That's millions, crazy. Millions, multi-millionaire. As of right now, it's at 15,000. 15, 15, it's, it's almost back to 16,000. Wow. Yeah. Per, per, per coin. Per yeah. coin. Yeah. So that was crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I would definitely take a Bitcoin or a couple Bitcoins. And it would literally take a... I mean, you can reinvest that in other coins and stuff and, and spread it out and... I mean, quadruple your money within a day. Well, think about this. This actually might be kind of interesting, too. Like, if some investor says, I'll invest, um, you know, uh, $50,000, uh, excuse me, $500,000 worth of Bitcoin, and we we convince the talent and the crew. To and get everybody, everybody get paid in Bitcoin. In Bitcoin. Well, then, how do you we know, cash be, it? Yeah, exactly. You I'll don't. You, cash. you don't, you put, you, you don't you really have it. You just say you do. You, you have a, a virtual wallet. <laughs> What is that? What does that drive? mean? I, I still, I'm a techie. I still. It's, it's a virtual wallet, like he said. It's yeah. it's a wallet that's you link in, it to your bank in, account, and then whatever it's, it's traded for at the moment, you can put that money directly into your bank. Account. But it's not real. But but it's it shows that it's in your account, but you'll never see it. it. It's like okay, it's like trading. You trade gold stock, right? You never actually physically touch the gold. You're just trading stock in it, right? Yeah. The way Bitcoin works is the same theory, but it's your computer that's doing the mining for these coins. So. These problems are being thrown at these computers, and they solve these algorithms and everything. Wow. Once they create a Bitcoin that's put out there in the world, it exists. I mean, there's there's a track. It's, it's, it exists cyberly. There's there's real companies that are accepting that's the way, that's the way that currency now. right now to, as payment. Yeah, but you know? how do you get your money? Like if you want, you can sell it. Like you can cash it out. Like a stock. Yeah, you sell it like a stock, so you can cash out. So, it so that's can, why it, it can, fluctuates it can, in prices. It can crash, and you get nothing. Exactly. Ever. Exactly. I'll take money. <laughs> cash. Yeah. Take my half of cash, please. I'll take crypto in a heartbeat. Oh, man, dude. Like, it came out, what, five years ago? 2009. 
started getting big in 2011. Almost 10, yeah, 10 times. It started hitting 10 like years, right? Three, $300, $700 a coin, and then crashed back down to 300 let me do and the math, bro, because that, that's pissing started. me off that you <laughs> <laughs> that you messed up on that, dude. Because like I'm gonna I'm gonna do the math, bro. No, but he's got a green screen. So, no, like yeah. <laughs> well, he has a green, green screen. screen. Yeah, and a camera. Okay, so five thousand dollars divided by five mm-hmm. equals twenty five, and it's going for. Twenty five thousand coins. Um, it's go, it it's going fifteen thousand thousand. Yeah. Wow, dude. That's how much money I would have had. If I if I if I'd have invested well, imaginary money, no real money. No way. If I'd have that's sold simple it math. That's that's what I'm saying. This is this is the thing too. Like uh, I guess the, the final final note. The final final note is like you know, <laughs> one of the strategies that we've been discussing is doing self distribution, meaning that you cut the middleman, you cut the traditional distribution company, because now there's so many outlets. You know. Uh, we don't necessarily need a distribution company to put content on iTunes, uh, Amazon Prime. You still need an aggregator to kind of negotiate and present your film to Netflix and Hulu. and uh, But you can forward theaters and you can sell, you know, you can... God damn it, Miguel Chingo. I'm cussing in Spanish now, bro. $375 like million dollars that's for those what of a, you who can't wow, see Wow, dude. That's what Miguel would have been worth. So, wow. So, but... Oh shit, man! He's got a green screen and a camera. <laughs> I invested in my potential. Oh my god! <laughs> and we're looking at about maybe it blowing up to like twenty five k in the next maybe year or so. Wow! Uh, so uh, once again, like you know, it's simple math. You know, like um, let's 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 say that's you know, not simple math. I've no. never seen that many zeros. So five hundred k, right? And we sell each DVD for, you know, 20 bucks, you know. Um, oh, well, actually, that well that'd be cheaper than that, most of the DVDs. No, oh, divided, that's what I did. So 20 goes boom. We need to sell 25,000 DVDs at 20 bucks at twenty bucks to break even. It's simple math, man. So it's not, it's 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 a lot of hustle. And one of the things like with self-distribution, it's, it's exciting in the sense that, you know, you retain the majority of uh, the profits without the middleman and their... They're uh, cut and plus their marketing expenses, but you do have to have a marketing budget. But if 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 that's the number to hit, dude, and as soon as you break even, and the rest is just profit, dude. Oh, back to your question about DVDs. One of the films that I sold, uh, it got uh, I sold it to Redbox, and Redbox is extremely difficult to sell, like because they just have so many options, right? They gambled on our urban film. And they ordered 10,000 DVDs. I can't specify that number, dude, but it was a nice freaking penny. I'll show it to you guys this way. (laughs) Yeah. So once again, like, you know, we can do this independently where we use just an aggregator just to to, uh, uh, present it. They don't retain any... Any percentage, they don't own the film, they don't get a cut of the film. All you have to pay them is the uh, is the service fee of them doing the proper encoding that you know that you know Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime expects, and that's all you use them for. It. But like all the profit stays with production. Let's make this movie happen. Come on. Let's make this movie happen. All right, we need we need we need people that want to either put their product out there. Uh, if you want to make money on a film, this is the best one. Best one ever made. You really can to make a return on. 
we, I mean, we've already let the cat out of the bag and told you what kind of actors and talent we want. We're looking at Bruce Campbell as the main one. Anybody hears the name Bruce Campbell knows it's going to be a, a movie that's got a built-in audience that's going to watch it no matter what. Just, just because, I mean, yeah. he's funny. He's yeah. super, super, super funny. And you know what kind of character he's going to bring. And, and, you know, that's to be expected. So, uh, other than that, uh, happy holidays, everybody. Uh, we celebrated Thanksgiving. And, I mean, a lot of us, we, we couldn't even make it out here. I had the flu last week. Oh, wow. Um, but we had Thanksgiving. Everybody stayed home pretty much. We didn't come out here because everybody wanted to be with their families. Uh, we just had Christmas the other day. Uh, I don't know if anybody celebrates Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever. Any of the other Festivus. holidays. Festivus. For the rest of us. Um, and Hubilation. And, yeah. Well, so New, happy Year's New Year's is coming up. New Year's coming up. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. 2018 is going to be our year. Yes, sir. We'll finally make all this stuff happen. And There's going to be a uh, lot happening in 2018. A lot. Yeah. We're, we're looking forward to some good announcements uh, mid-January, hopefully. Fingers crossed. But uh, other than that, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Jesus, for joining thank you, us. Miguel. Thank you, Eddie. And, Patrick uh, and Renee, man. Yeah, we yeah, really appreciate you. it. And all the information that you gave, I mean, this is like gold to people that wouldn't know where to go or where to take their movie. There's so many people that want to make a film and they don't know the proper steps on how to do it and how to make money doing it. So if anybody wants to contact Jesus, get him involved in your film. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a wealth of information. So thank you again. Thank you, Miguel. Thank you, guys. All right. Let's shoot this. Bubble. Tune in next week. <laughs> Let me turn this. All righty, everybody. So that's going to end the podcast. I want to thank everybody for being here. Jesus Fuentes, Patrick Newcomb, Rene Rodriguez, Miguel Cantu, and myself, who's over here still. And uh, we finally finished this thing up. And what we're going to do now is close shop, and we're going to head on home. So I want everybody to have a very happy new year. Uh Stay home, stay safe. If you do go out, drive careful. Don't drink and drive. Uh, take care of the family, man. That's going to be the most important thing, and just enjoy the holiday season. And once all this is over and the first is out of our way, it's going to be balls to the wall. <laughs> Literally, guys. So we're going to be busy. Stay tuned for a lot more podcasts. Some good news coming up in January as well. And I want to thank Jesus Fuentes for being here as our special guest. If you uh, have a pen and paper, you might want to rewind this podcast and re-listen to everything he has to say, because I guarantee you, you're not going to find this information anywhere else. So, with that in mind, happy holidays, happy new year, y'all take care. Once again, this is Eddie Hill, and this is Paranormal Analytical. Talk to you guys next time.